We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I am your host, Bill Season Ticket Holder Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Kruger, and in studio with us to with us once again, Mr. Ryan Lacell from the Rock Sports Network. How are you, sir? Hey, good. Glad to see the new studio. I know. You got nice digs now. I, I know. How how much different is this? The last time you sat in person in studio with us, we were still in the cramped back bedroom of Chris's old two bedroom apartment. This is the same size. It's the same size, but doesn't have so much more panache. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot of personality to it now, and it's uh, it's suburban Chris. I know. So, guys, before we started recording, we were making fun of this concept of suburban Chris, Chris that we've known and loved for the last few years. Although love is kind of a strong word, right? Like we do. We I like him a lot. We we like him. He's a good we don't guy. we don't love him, but we like him. So, city Chris, city Chris would never mow his own lawn. He had a landlord for that. City Chris wasn't handy because he didn't have to be. People just came and fixed all of his broken shit. Now, City Chris couldn't park in his own driveway. Yes, City Chris could not park in his own driveway in the building that he paid rent for, which was some kind of hacky accommodation thing. It's upper lower. So lower parks in the street, upper parks in the driveway, but upper has to handle the driveway in the winter. Oh, uh, what would you do in that situation? Would you prefer the drive? Would you prefer to park on the street if you didn't have to clear the driveway? No, no, I don't want to park in the street. I don't want. I don't want to trust other people with the well-being of my vehicle. But Chris's car Especially got hit that, like three times. No, exactly. one time. Well, yeah, because of the the people in the brown house. Yeah, yeah, they're not not smart people. But also, I think it's slightly worse parking in the street on a snow day. Because you just get that mountain of snow from the snowplow. Mm-hmm. So while there might not be that much snow, 
you get a lot piled up up to your window that you have to dig out. Yeah, there's just too many variables that so, comes with parking on the street. I don't park in my own driveway. So city Chris yeah, moves out to the country. He moves out to the suburbs. And I moved sudden, two and a half miles away from my old apartment. It's like a whole different world out here. Though. Exactly. <laughs> don't act like two, two, and a half, two and a half miles. It could be 200 miles. That's how different where you live now is compared to where you used to. What is, what's There's that? no people out there fighting each other in the street causing me to almost have to stop the podcast and headbutt someone, Chris. What's the uh, what's that creek that runs right there? Along? I have no idea. Like I think it's Casanova Creek. So it's just like on the other side of the creek is just a whole different world. It is the dividing line. But so it's interesting because now all of a sudden, look at him. He's hanging drywall. He's hanging drywall. He's undergoing house projects. He walked me through the renovations he did to his basement. That's what Which I'm is saying. very nice, by the way. All if anybody's sudden, looking for any work, yeah. like Chris, no. He's, he's mowing his own lawn. Oh, he's mowing his own lawn. But he's he's going to be the guy out there doing patterns pretty oh, soon yeah. here. Give it a year. No, it's a, much to his landlord's pleasure, he is out there mowing the lawn shirtless, which is, uh, but at least he's doing it. But right? when you're a suburbanite, you can wear no shirt, right? Yeah. Because then you can just complain to the neighbors, well, you don't have to look in my backyard. It's it's amazing to see what you know new digs can do for a person. Yeah, well, you remember what also is taking place tomorrow, right? What's that? I'm smoking that. Six uh, Chris and three is quarter. running his first barbecue. This is, <laughs> yeah. folks, cultured Chris. He has officially become suburban stepdad. Like we still haven't figured out where we got this master built smoker. We have no idea. It's been in her garage for years. She assumed it was her brother's, and her and, brother was like, "No, that's not mine." Yeah, it's not her ex husband's. So why we would you want them to lie that. about this? So there's a mystery smoker. Have you, have you opened the smoker? Have you like looked it over? Oh yeah, is there like a family of animals living in it? Or no, there. No? It's I would say gently used. I, uh, Did I w- it come with the house. No, Jessica had it. So it's just hilarious. So mystery smoker is about to be put in action. He's going to smoke a pork butt. Yeah. I'm Which, interested to see how this goes. Did you ever? Did you ever think in your life, Chris, that it would it would only take you two and a half miles to become a brand new man? Yes, <laughs> yes, that's I all. Think there's it there's a, like a country song there somewhere, right? Oh my God! Can, can someone, if you can write the ballad of Chris Krueger on an acoustic guitar, please send that to us. So, as always, when Ryan joins us, one of the things that we talk about all the time, and I know it's a core, it's a core interest of Ryan's. It's something we talk about very animatedly between ourselves in our group chats. Being rich. <laughs> now, listen, I I can't participate in that conversation. <laughs> no, that's all this guy over here, Rick Flair memes, Ted DiBiase photos. Like, no, that's all Ryan. I'm su- I'm surprised. I take a lot of my life cues from 80s and early 90s wrestling. <laughs> I was to say I didn't see a Maserati when, when men were men. No, <laughs> yeah, he didn't come in here wearing. I brought a, the Daily Driver. Today. The Daily Driver. He. Uh, so we're here to talk about the Bill Stadium situation once again, because I think that the people are ready for something of a redo, right? I, 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 because I think it's time to revisit this. Now, obviously, fancy conversations call for fancy beverages. We're not swine. I'm drinking a little. Uh, Old Forester, nineteen ten. You've got. I, I got to trust Chris. What am I drinking, Chris? Noble Oak. Noble uh, Oak. Double Rye, or maybe just Rye. I have Wild. It's double. It's yeah. It's double. It's it's. I noticed that on the the label. I have Wild Turkey one hundred and one in the form of an old fashioned. So, a fancy drinks for what is a sort of sophisticated conversation, more more uh, upper crust fare than what our listeners are used to. I want to start with some quotes. Uh, I'm not exaggerating when I write that the New York legislature has managed to craft one of the worst stadium deals in recent memory, a remarkable feat considering the high bar set by other misguided state and local governments across the country. 
This according to sports economist Victor Matheson from Counterpunch.org. It's a bad deal, but it's a familiar one in a landscape where the stadium grift is so common. The governor of New York sold an $850 million commitment as a bargain to her constituents. That of Christian Deandra for the win at USA Today. This is Robin Hood in reverse system that amounts to nothing less than socialism for sports team owners. We can sympathize with the feelings of Bills fans, if not the governor, but the Buffalo deal stinks to high heaven and must be reversed. This according to Jonathan S. Tobin, the editor-in-chief of JNS.org. The last time we got together to do one of these shows, we were all drinking bourbon, celebrating. It was a celebratory podcast. Just talking about the inking of a deal that was going to keep the bills in Buffalo for the remainder of our adult lives. And you can see, based on just just the few snippets I, I presented to you, that there was celebration to go along with a kind of wave of derision that came out of, you know, not everybody was pleased about the way this was structured, about the way the negotiations went. There was a lot of hyperbole that got thrown around in the aftermath. Social media was on fire. Just debate, which I think there is with everything, oh, yeah, correct? Yeah. Barb's getting thrown. Local and national journalists all having to get their two cents in. Our owners and our governor were painted as crooks by some. Some people were anointing them as heroes. It, it's a hilarious time to be alive. Now, everyone seems to have calmed down, wouldn't you say? Moved on, I think, yeah. Moved on, because outrage only lasts so long now. Well, sure. Yeah. And, and, the, and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but the people who go to social media or pen angry articles about things, they tend to lose focus pretty quickly, right? There's always something new to be mad at. Oh, yeah. That's what Twitter is. But I don't forget. I remember these. And Ryan, you're petty. Absolutely. Chris, you remember. Always petty. So it's just funny because the fact is we sit here June 23rd, 2022, the year of our Lord. A number of you listening to this very podcast were probably among those out there tweeting maybe even just snarky things about the cost or about this facet of the deal or that facet of the deal because you didn't particularly like it based on things that you were being presented. You know, information, data points that were being thrown around. And a lot of that, again, goes in concert with cherry-picked financial statistics that you were reading about online and in the papers. And there's very likely people out there still who believe that. Some of them are listening to this podcast right now. The interesting thing with all of this is that you can't really say in the moment. When you're in the moment, it's hard to discern good deal from bad deal. You need a corollary. In fact, you need a whole bunch of corollaries to look at and say, well, by comparison, it looks like we actually got a, we actually had, this also went pretty well. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Okay. So, I, I guess this is it. Like, you, they used all the people who crapped all over this deal in its aftermath, cherry picked a lot of statistics, found things that fit their desired narrative, and set out to try to decry this as a terrible thing for New York State, that it was a grift, that it was a lot of things. But times moved on, and now the Bills aren't the only team wading into the new stadium pool. And so this gives us an opportunity to reevaluate what happened. And how our situation and the way things were negotiated stacks up against all these teams that are now going out there into these new stadium waters. 
And we get to really kind of crystallize whether or not this was, in fact, a bad deal for New York State, for Erie County, and for Bills fans. So that's what I want to do tonight, is I want to walk through some of these things so that we can all maybe walk away from this with a little better appreciation for the work that was put in and the way this went. Because for a lot of us, this was the first time, what, Rich Stadium was built when? Yeah, I mean, Rich Stadium was, yeah. 1973, I believe. Yeah, because it was the rock pile, up, you know, it was, they played in the rock pile and then they built Rich Stadium. So that was before our time, or at least our conscious time, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, and one of the things to keep in mind is that stadiums are very like, very much like sports contracts, right? I mean, you, you get a deal, you know, Josh Allen signs that huge deal and the first thing that everybody goes, how can you pay that guy that much money? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, he's not worth it. He's, you know, it's get, just wait till the, what that looks like in 10 years. And then all of a sudden you start hearing the numbers that are getting thrown around for Lamar Jackson and you're like, well, maybe Josh Allen was worth the money. <laughs> You know, or you get the Stefan Diggs deal and, you know, yeah. it's like, how can you give that guy that much guaranteed money? And then all of a sudden Tyree Kill gets traded and you're like, well, OK, well, maybe right. Diggs doesn't sound that bad. All right. Diggs is going to retire here and it didn't cost me one hundred and one million. Yeah, I mean, you, right. you're, you and that's why, you know, I've, I've long said and you and I talk about it all the time when it comes to new contracts for players. You always want to be the first. Yes. Because while the numbers may sound high, wait until the second, third, fourth and fifth start coming in to example, determine whether or not that deal looks good. Or not. Example, Trey White. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a prime example of that. And it's going to, you're going to see it with Dawson Knox. You're going to see it with, you know, you just saw it with Jordan Poyer, right? Mika Fitzpatrick signed yep. for that huge deal. And everybody's going, okay, well, what does that mean for Poyer? You got to back into that somehow. A guy's seven years older. And, you know, what does that look like? And then you've got Tremaine Edmonds. What does that contract look like? Yep. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys out there. Ed Oliver's another one, you know, that they're all, these are all contracts that are going to come up for, for deal. And the important thing is, is that until you've got, you know, until you've got equal opportunity to compare with similar players. Yes. That's the thing. It's like, the go, same you know, it's like age, going car same shopping, right? Career. You're looking for a certain yeah. year, a certain model, a certain make, a certain features, and then you compare pricing. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to all these players, Trey White, right? Perfect example. You know, first round corner, all pro, pro bowl nods. What, what, what the next guy that signs that deal that has those same numbers what does his deal look like? Who and then that? compare it. And com- Who was it that signed the, the day after him that got more money? Like was he was the highest paid corner for less than twenty four uh, hours? What's his name out of out of New Orleans? One that got Lattimore ahead of him. Yeah, Lattimore, Lattimore was yeah. shortly thereafter. I, I think like it's within hilarious. Twenty four hours. I think. I think it's hilarious that one of the most cap strapped teams in the entire NFL let the Bills beat them to the negotiating table like that. Like, that's hilarious. That's why it was so important for Buffalo when they signed Allen when they did to be the first one. Because (laughs) you had Baker, you had Lamar, you had Darnold, who wasn't performing. But now you see the trouble that Cleveland is in with was in with Baker. And you're seeing the problems now with Baltimore with Lamar. Yep. Because now Lamar's looking at it and going, well, Allen signed for that. I've got an MVP under my belt. He doesn't have an MVP. Yep. So I'm worth this. It's it's in it's a highly interesting dynamic of how it's you really need corollaries in your of your own. And that's why I think a lot of the reporting on this was flawed. And now we get a chance to sit down and piece by piece, take a look at each one of the contenders now for new stadiums and take a look at how not just the way our process went, but how it's going, what it's going to cost for some of these other teams and really kind of make up our minds as to whether or not we did, in fact, get swindled. And I think it's funny that you just mentioned Baker Mayfield because the Cleveland Browns are where we start with this conversation. They've had all kinds of problems this offseason. You you pick up the fifth-year option on a quarterback and then wholly alienate him. You go out and you sign, I'm not afraid to say it, sue me, an alleged sexual predator as your quarterback. As long as you say alleged, you're good. 
Chris, I'll, I'll remove the alleged. Chris, what's you your fa- what's your favorite? Chris loves throwing around allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. Another Letterkenny reference, like these coasters. Allegedly. <laughs> See, Chris, Chris is always quick with that. It's like, listen, we have to cover ourselves here, but also. If, does, he doesn't hey listen he settled 20 of those 24 cases doesn't seem like he wants to go to court for anything so whatever yeah Deshaun after, Watson, after he said ass. i'm here to clear my i want to clear my name look uh, well, my favorite, clear- no my favorite was the meme the meme was deshaun watson at the podium with the tagline over the top that says i'm going to continue to fight to clear my name and underneath was a picture of jason bateman from that movie that just says the fuck you are <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the browns tagged on his shirt it's just so interesting to me the people that are willing to bet on bet big money on a twenty four leg parlay, like that's essentially what they're doing. Yeah, they're saying that twenty four people individually came out and made these allegations, and I'm betting that he's right and twenty four separate people it's, are wrong. It's nuts, but in any event, they've got problems. Like they've already yeah. got issues, and I feel like part of that plays. But it speaks to poor decision making, right? Oh, absolutely. So you alienated this guy, bringing this guy. Well, now. It sounds like you underestimated the kind of tenor of you didn't read the room didn't very read the well. Room, yeah, yeah. So now they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place as to who actually is going to be the quarterback in 2022. I, I just look at them, though, and I look at how some of that relates to their stadium situation because they're doing like this could have absolutely happened to the Buffalo Bills were I don't know. If you're talking about New York State, Erie County, and how this went for the Buffalo Bills in terms of even getting negotiations up off the ground. If you look at Cleveland, their stadium was built in 1999. So it's fairly recent compared to the 1973 that the Bills stadium was built in. They've got a lease that goes through 2028. But even back in 2018, Jimmy, first of all, who gives Jimmy Haslam's wife a microphone? That's always a bad idea. Like Kim Pagula, for all the things people say negatively about her. Her and Terry both take a big backseat when it comes to this organization. They just say, listen, you, Brandon and Sean are the face of the franchise. We're going to let them talk. We're going to let them handle everything. We're just here to sign the checks and make sure. Which is surprising because you would think the one successful franchise they are running, that would be the one they would want to be out in front of. And you could say that that's kind of what makes them decent owners is because they get out of the way when things are working. Something the Haslam's are notoriously on the wrong side of. But so D Haslam is talking to the media in 2018 and she floats this idea that well here eventually we're going to need a new stadium which obviously raised some eyebrows well, because sure. it's 20, like, 2018 <laughs> they're like what like 20 years old <laughs> you you've won one game in two seasons yeah. what, what do you mean a new stadium yeah you can go play in the high you can go play at the high school where this brand of football belongs yeah so come here recently over the last few months this idea got floated again and the team has been backpedaling like crazy ever since finding out that there isn't nearly the public or governmental support for that idea as they thought there would be. There, in fact, there was some strongly worded opposition to this idea that the Browns deserved a new stadium at this time. And now they're telling you, know, look at this. You know, they, they, a, a report leaks that they're doing this impact study, just like the Bills did with yep. ACOM. To kind of see, like, okay, economic feasibility, what can we do, what can't we do? And the cat kind of gets out, like, hey, they're doing this because they think they want to, they're going to push for a new stadium. And they go, whoa, 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 because politicians start to jump sure, on it. Sure. Fans start to jump year, on yeah. it. Yep. It's an election year. So they go, whoa, we're just doing this because of a renovation. Oh, guys, we're, we're just trying to renovate here. And 
so there's websites like clevelandscene.com has an article today entitled Decoding the Browns' Bullshit 228-Word Denial That They Want a New Billion-Dollar Stadium. That's that's basically what happened. Yeah. Is they, they were like, hey, guys, that's like when you approach a hot chick at a bar and you ask her if she wants to dance and she goes, what? And you you change the question. You're like, what? I, I was just – I was asking if you wanted to because I'll move and get out of your way so you yeah. can go to the floor. I just <laughs> yeah. thought I might be blocking you. I'm sorry. Why would you go <laughs> that hard at a hot chick by just going right to dancing? Wouldn't you offer them a Werther's original first? I mean, I would. <laughs> I mean, who would turn down a warm Werther's original from Drew Gear's pocket? Listen, it was a conversation starter. <laughs> that was usually... If see, it's in a wrapper, that's a plus. See, but I knew that my plan was going to... Like, that pickup was going to Hindenburg from the from jump. I just did it because even if you hate it, even if you think I'm a creep, I get a response. I get a reaction. Now my foot's in the door, and I'm Drew Gear. Nice to meet you. And then my friends can step in who are much more attractive than me and start... Con- and then the... You know what I mean? They come in as coolers, like Patrick Swayze yep. and Roadhouse. Next thing you know, we're not fighting, and we've all just met a group of women that we can talk to. There's no, like, I don't believe for a second that you've ever had that work. I can't picture a woman calling one of her best friends the next day and was like, oh, I just met this great guy last night at J.P. Fitzgerald's. He offered me a Werther's original. Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> that was the Hindenburg. That was the one where it's like, guys, I know I'm going to crash and burn, but listen, you guys can come pick up the broken pieces for a laugh. Yeah. and you guys can come in and play hero. Well, that's what the Browns need right now, because this idea of floating, hey, we want a new stadium, crashed and burned. And... I guess the question is if you want to if you had to assign percentage of blame like uh, like an auto adjuster Ryan how much of this do you think this this staunch pushback on the Browns getting a new stadium here anytime soon how much of it is related to the Watson situation what percentage do you think belongs to the fact that the sta- just the state of the economy in Ohio I mean for those of you who don't know GSP is a term that gets thrown around in terms of states de- just output just output of goods, services, whatever it might be, and it's usually used as an indicator of economic health within a state. Ohio ranks 30th out of 50 states. <laughs> so things aren't great economically yeah. in, in the state of Ohio. And how much of this blame belongs to the fact that the Haslams haven't built any trust within their community? Like, people hate those guys. Yeah, I mean, I think I would say it's it's majority the distrust and ownership i would i would have to say it's at least 60 percent distrust and ownership the 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 watson situation isn't helping the fact that they're not willing to you know own up to the fact at this point that they didn't do a thorough investigation the fact that they were willing to structure his contract in a way to mitigate losses for him in the first year because he's going to miss at least that first year so you did it they're like no no we vetted him we think he's a great human being also we're going to make sure we're covered in case he isn't a great human being and misses a lot of football yeah and (laughs) you know and then shortly thereafter two more accusations come out and you know it's so it's it's incompetent leadership you know, is is rampant in, okay. in, the, in the Browns. And I think part of it, too, is you look at a, a team like the Bills where, you know, you can argue that there's a lot of economic benefits to having the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. The Browns have left once before, and that city did not crumble to the ground like you would imagine Buffalo may without That's a team a like the Bills. And, and, you know, they're going, well, you left once and you came back, so... No, I mean, you don't need a new stadium. Yours is 20 years old. Deal with that. Renovate it or 
okay, I guess you can well, go. Well, and that's it. And I think that that's why all this renovation talk is coming out of the team now because they're like, whoa, 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 okay. You caught us with a hand in the cookie jar. We were going to try to push for something, but if you we're, – we're, we're getting the sense that this isn't going to go the way we thought it was. So let's pivot real quick and hopefully everyone forgives us. But, you know, that's an opportunity, though, for, for also – I mean, because you, you saw it with, with, with Buffalo, right? They, they did the estimates to what it would take to renovate the stadium. Mm-hmm. Then they came back and they go, oh, it's going to – cost us just a smidge more to just build a brand new one you might as well build a brand new one so that's the foundation they're trying to lay and i guess the thing that i can appreciate more about the way buffalo handled things and the way things were handled both between buffalo and the new york state government is that it seemed like at the onset of this thing there was already a lot of back channeling taking place they'd already laid the foundation with a lot of the city the county the state leaders to say listen this is the reality. This is where we are. We're doing these studies. Here's exa- here is exactly what they're for. We're going to be above boards about all of this, right? Much more organized and nuanced approach is what the Bills took. And they made it clear from the get-go that we are pursuing a new stadium. We will be certain to get the numbers and show you both. But just so you know, this is what we want. Yeah. We want a new stadium. It was kind of one of the things that was a caveat we were sold the team with. Sure. We don't sure. have a choice. So... Everything was done above boards with very little subterfuge, which I think is important because I feel like there's a lot of this stuff where we, as we go down this list, you're going to find that there was a lot of miscommunications and misunderstandings taking place between these teams and the local area governments and the public. We didn't have to endure any of that. Well, I mean, I think it's it speaks a lot to the difference in just an ownership, right? I mean, yep. the, the Pagulas run the bills like a professionally run business. It's it's run, you know. It's it. You know, there's not leaks, you know. They they don't tip their their moves. Contract negotiations tend not to come out until the numbers no. are are somewhat finalized. You don't hear about trade rumors as much as, as you used to before when things weren't run tight. They run it like a well-run organization, and there's a lot. I think there's a lot of cachet that they build up with the fans and with the players and with the journalists when they run things that way. It's, it's to be respected that you run a tight ship. And when you run things like your own personal piggy bank, like a lot of these <sighs> owners send, tend to run their NFL teams, because let's be honest, that's what they are, well, right? The, an NFL team is just a vanity play. It's something a rich guy bought because they, well, I want this thing. Yeah, I mean, like Walton, right, who just bought, bought the Broncos, it was 10% of his wealth. Yeah. Right? I mean, you think I, about that. It was $4.6 billion with a B, and it amounted to 10% of his wealth, which is what you and I would spend on a very nice bottle of whiskey that we would probably show off to everybody who walked in our house. Oh, yeah. No, it would be in a glass case. And I'd be like, you see that? Yeah, every now and again. Oh, I no, no, we don't drink it. No, no. It's, <laughs> I smell it once yeah, in a while. Yeah, I was going to say, once in a while, I open the bottle and take a deep inhale, and then but I close it. But now imagine that that whiskey is going to double, triple, quadruple in value in 10 years. So it's an investment, but it's also a vanity play. But yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make, I guess. When you look at the way the two – so that that whole process for them is going to be rocky. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go well. And as the Haslams build more public distrust and more distrust between them and area leaders, it's just not going to go as smoothly as it could if they just ran their organization well. Yeah. I got a question here, Ryan. Just on the surface, it seems like for Haslam, it'd be easier for them to work something out with the Ohio government versus – New York City and well New York State also New York State or New York City in that factor with 
Hochul having to deal with a bunch of shit that goes on there, not sports related. I just feel like it'd be easier for the Haslam's to deal with Ohio than it was for Pagula to deal with New York. Well, State. I'll say and, this. It's actually a feather in her cap because she's up for a re-election. She gets to not tout that she can do business in both sides because one of yeah. the biggest things that New Yorkers have complained about for years is this idea that we fund every like all of our tax dollars get funneled away to go to go pander to downstate interests. Yeah. They pay for downstate projects. They go to deal with New York City's tax burden on the rest of the state. And people who complain about that don't have quite the picture. Like we need New York City just as much as they need us. If you were yeah. to lose them, we would our our tax standing, which we're actually going to yeah. talk about next in this next segment, but our tax standing, we would be one of the poorer states in the entire yeah, I read, country. I read, a, I read a statistic because, you know, every time that there's a governor's election, right, there's some type of movement to seed New York City and split it into its own. And New York City's tax revenue would be like a top 10 state yeah. standing on its own. So, <laughs> I mean, to Chris, your point, like, yeah, it's it's easier to deal with the government in a state like Ohio where there's not a predominant, you know, there's not a black there, hole of tax dollars. Well, like, and, and there's not a there's not a clear line of delineation between them and us, right? Like New York City and New York, and New York State, it's a very much them and us oh, mentality. It's upstate and it's New York City. And in Ohio, they're all Ohioans and they're very proud of that for some reason, but they are yeah. all Ohioans yeah, in the I, end, right? I mean, they're not Clevelanders versus Cincinnatians or whatever they they call it. I mean, they they argue over Skyline Chili and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and stuff, but then arguing over you know, why am I, why is it okay for the upstate folks to pay for Yankee Stadium, but it's not okay for the New York City folks to pay for well, a brand exactly. new stadium in Buffalo? And so, Chris, I think that that's part of it is that it's actually really easy because Hochul goes, if I want to get elected and I want to pull every, everyone's votes, I got to find a way to connect with Western New York. I got to find a way to connect with upstate New York. I got to show that I can negotiate on their behalf too and bring these two sides together, even if it's only for as long as I need them. Yeah, there's like there's like two things that a New York governor needs to talk about to kind of to, to a- appeal to upstate. Talk about p- pumping money into the thruway and talk about making sure that the bills stay in New York. Yeah. And like the, that's and, all you have to talk about. And she did that. So she's probably going to get reelected. But it's interesting that we they did a better job of back channeling with those local bodies and with the fan base and with local politicians than it seems like the Browns are doing. And thus, our process went a lot smoother than what they can expect. Now, we're t- you're talking about state finances and everything else. Well, the Haslam's are backpedaling because they kind of let the cat out of the bag too early. So now they're trying to backpedal. David Tepper of the Panthers just took his ball and went home. Yeah. Like... So this whole thing with the Panthers started when Rock Hill, South Carolina, agreed to help subsidize the construction of a new $800 million team headquarters. Now, that seems like a good idea, right? You're unifying the Carolinas because you're the Carolina Panthers. Right. You want to try to spread the influence of your... F- it's like the regionalization of the Bills when all of a sudden training camp was at St. John Fisher. Yep. So... You're trying to regionalize the Toronto series. Where yeah. They're like, look, we need to pull in as many Let's fans as we yeah. can from different places this is a way for the Panthers to expand their footprint, so to speak, putting practice facility, kind of like Frisco, Texas, how, yep. or Frisco, where the, is it the Cowboys? Cowboys, yeah. So they have somewhere else to go where they can say, look, we're going to pull fans from this area because they're going to get to see and touch and be close to this football team. It'll help build a connection. So they start, I want to start this by stating that Tepper is worth more than double the Pagoulas. Yeah. $14 billion. 
And they started construction with Rock Hill, seemingly public-private partnership. The South has some of the lowest U.S. taxes, correct, Chris? You live there. (laughs) Yeah. How are those roads? They're pretty good because they don't get snowed on. Fair. But let's face it. There's not a lot of tax dollars being put into things, right? No. No. That's not great when you're trying to fund projects for a billionaire. Yeah. So when it all came down to brass tacks after construction started, South Carolina couldn't get together the $225 million worth of bonds that they said they were going to. And so what they did, I mean, it was one-fourth of the project's cost, but they said, listen, we're going to commit to paying you 225 in bonds, which is money now so that you can fund whatever it is infrastructurally that you're building. That's what it was. It was it was going to cover the cost of the roads and the yeah. stuff that they were going to need for the, uh, the utilities for these facilities. Well, then they kind of pivoted and instead of negotiating in good faith and going to him and saying, listen, man, we hat in hand, we, can't, we don't have the money because our tax revenues are so low. They instead just unilaterally went, you know what? We changed our minds. Instead of bonds, we're going to give you tax subsidies over the next 30 years, bud. So that would be like someone coming to you and saying, you know what? I can't pay you for mowing my lawn yesterday. Here's a book of coupons, and I'll do favors for you over the next, like, two years. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It'll, we're still even. Yeah, I got you. It did not go well. How shitty is that? Of I mean, how state? could you hate on well, coupons from Winn-Dixie? <laughs> well, that, and they were still and they were still unwilling to budge on the overages that they yes. wanted the Panthers to pick up the tab for. And that's yes. kind of that's kind of where the breaking point was for Tupper, where it was, okay, well, that's fine. You know, I understand, you know, you can pay over 30 years, but... Let's pass the buck since there's overages. Let's yep. tack that on. Put something on it. Right? Give me when something you loan somebody else. money, right? Give when you me. loan somebody money, it's don't worry about paying me tomorrow, even though you told me tomorrow. Just put something else on it. Well, and that was his thing. Me. He goes, listen, I, he was even willing to be reasonable, yeah. which is crazy that I'm defending this guy. But he goes, listen, I, you guys are kind of shit heels for doing this to me. You're sandbagging me, but that's fine. Give me something else and I'll be I'm, I'm right. worth 14 billion. I will be willing to look past this. They didn't budge. Now, I I ask you, how broke must the state of South Carolina be if they can't afford to come up with that? Yeah, I mean, I guess broke enough to let a partially finished building on a lot over, you know, tens of thousands of, of, you know, acreage sit unfinished because you're willing. At this point, it's clear that it wasn't a negotiation tactic no. by Rock Hill because they, they would have caved by now if it was a, a strictly a negotiation tactic. Oh, they surely sure. had the money and they just didn't want to spend it the way they were spending it. They would have caved by now because Tepper called their bluff. He did. And now they're in a world of hurt. Yeah. He, he, declared, he put the whole company that was overseeing the project in Chapter 11 bankruptcy and pulled the plug, said, screw you guys. I'm going home. Yep. Pull the Cartman. So... This move has a lot of Carolina Panthers fans reading the tea leaves, so to speak, right? Because think about this. If you're the state of North Carolina and you're seeing how little patience this guy has with those kind of negotiations and kind of financial chicanery, lack of compliance, lack of willing lending, wouldn't it make you nervous both as a politician and as a sports fan about keeping your football team? Yeah, it should. Right, two it should week, very much. Two weeks ago, Tepper said this. This is a quote. You know, at some point, that building, he's talking about Bank of America Stadium, will fall down. I said it before and I'll say it again. I'm not building a stadium alone. The community is going to have to want it. Now, when you say that, it sounds very, 
it's not as threatening as what, and this is what I find funny. Chris, remember the quote that I dug out of the papers from back in the 70s when uh, Ralph Wilson threatened to move the team? Yeah. If, if they had had Twitter in 1970, I think it was 77. Or no, 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 it was 70 or 71 because it was just before they struck the deal to build yep. Rich Stadium. He wanted a dome stadium. He wasn't willing to listen to anything else, and he went to Seattle and said, listen, I, I love the city of Seattle. They're willing to do this, and, and ultimately it broke down. And, beca- is- and because there wasn't social media back then, yeah. nobody remembers that, right? Nobody and Ra- remembers and Ra- that. Ralph Wilson is seen as a savior of, of football in Buffalo. What Ralph Wilson said is not – like. It's so much more threatening than what yeah. Tepper just said. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing, I mean, people have to keep in mind, too, that when Ralph Wilson said what he said, there were a finite number of cities in the in in the nation that could handle a football team. Yeah. Seattle was arguably Seattle probably wasn't one of them because they didn't get a team until much later. But if you look at the NFL's plan, th- you're not looking at simply cities in the United States. You're looking at Mexico City. They want to expand into. Oh they, yeah. They wouldn't. They wouldn't hesitate to expand into Canada. They. If there was an hesitate. owner. If there was an owner who said, "Listen, I can't get anything done here in the continental United States, but I'm not selling my football team," the NFL would be more than happy to probably help them. Be like, "Listen, you want to be our first international?" Well, wasn't that the initial? That was the initial concern of everybody when Shad Khan bought the yeah. Jaguars, right? Because yeah. he's got international sports that he's already involved in. And the thought was that he would be the first one to expand over. That's why everyone was watching with bated breath when they rolled out this London series. What's the first team that announces a home game there? Mm-hmm. Who was it? Was the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yep. And that's, you know, you're looking at all these are trying to expand into London. Don't be surprised if they look to expand into Japan. If things wind up blown over with, with what's going on in the NBA in China, you, I would hesitate to say that we're going to have a football team in China in my son's lifetime. <sighs> I mean, you think about so when when you talk about pry, these, they'll have to pry this league from my cold dead hands. When you talk about these guys like <laughs> Tepper, when Tepper says I'm not building a stadium alone, he's not talking about five or six cities in America that would probably reach out to him and say, "Hey, we'd like to help out. What can we talk about?" Like Ralph Wilson was dealing with. He's talking about dozens of cities yes. over a dozen different countries and multiple continents. Yeah, where he's like, "The hell with you guys. I'll be the first international owner if I want." Well, to. and so this is the thing. Because you think about like what just happened in South Carolina. They literally couldn't come up with a couple million dollars. A couple hundred million. That's a drop in the bucket compared to what it costs now to help support an NFL stadium deal. Sure. So when you think about the people who balked at New York State paying in, I think it was $850 million total to help support the stadium. When you, you have to scale this, and this is where I talk about cherry-picked statistics, the people who said, oh, well, the, the Bills, that was the famous quote. That was the one that got the most run here locally. The highest percentage, right, the highest percentage of public dollars out of a project ever in stadium construction history. Well, let's, that's comparing apples to oranges, right? Well, it, was, it, not was the highest, it was the highest dollar amount yes. of public funding, right? That's comparing apples to oranges. Right. And the journalists who are responsible for that are dogs. Like, I, I don't respect that because it's not – it's why I, I'm, I'm – it's why well, I'm not a journalist. It's why I bailed ones, on the field. They're the same ones going back to the earlier conversation. They're the same ones that look at the raw numbers of a contract yes. and say, how could you give – X player, $300 million. So what you have to do is you have to compare apples to apples. So in in an attempt to try to do that, let's talk about scale in terms of states and economy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. New York State is number one in the United States. Numero uno, baby! So for those of you out there listening to this, know that we are the highest taxed people in the United States, in total tax burden, uh, 12.75%. Boom! Number one in something. So when the bills went knocking on the door for money, like th- whether you agree with that specific public-private partnership or that specific usage of dollars, they were not only able to get a deal in place to keep the team here in Buffalo and build this new stadium— In doing so, it took less than half a percent of the total 2022 New York State budget. For an entire stadium on a 30-year lease. Like a 30-year stadium life. Listen, (laughs) folks, we're not, that's not something crazy in your ear. I mean, well, it's me. So maybe there is something crazier in your ear. But but the $850 million the Buffalo Bills were given by New York State, 0.004% of the total $220 billion New York state tax budget. It's a drop. It's a literal drop in the bucket. And they do one of those budgets every year. Every single year they do this. So when people go, oh my God, it's the most money any state's ever given anyone to build a stadium. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares. Because those politicians look at that on the... It's a good talking point if you want it to be a talking point amongst your base. Yep. And if you want to try to use rhetoric around that to try to sway, like, I need to build, win some points with my base so I can get votes as a state a state senator or as a congressperson out of this district. Or as a disgraced governor that's trying to make it back into the limelight. <laughs> yeah, right? So it's easy to point at that and go, well, that never would have happened if I was in charge. Blah, blah, blah. I oppose this because you know who you're trying to win brownie points with. Sure. But by and large, the people who actually made the deal, it's not like the budget got held up over right. this. No one cared. It was a it was a byline. Yeah. Like and, and, and I mean, you know, you and I talked about on the show that we did together. It was money that was already allotted for. Bang. So it was money that was already in hand. It wasn't even like they were going to them and saying we're increasing this tax or doing this differently. Right. You're not going to pay more in taxes simply because of the stadium deal. Meanwhile, you pivot to South Carolina. The state that just watched its uh, region's NFL pull the plug after they failed to put together a few hundred million dollars worth of of bonds. The South Carolina budget for 2022 was 12 billion. 12. 218 billion less than what New York State has in its cachet. North Carolina, which is the team where the, the, the state where the team currently resides, 
It's only four spots higher than its southern counterpart in taxation at 35th in the nation. And well, what is it? Their, bud, their budget's $27 billion. Again, neither one of those guys are in New York State's weight class when it comes to having tax dollars to throw at a project like that. Right. So the Carolinas are great for people to live. There's been a lot of... Chris, how many Buffalonians do you know who live in Carolinas? Travis Trelone. There's a bunch of them. By, <laughs> I mean, Ryan, I'm sure you know people who oh, have left this area and gone specifically straight to the Carolinas. They well, talk, I mean, I know a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, you know, the Carolinas are a huge you know, financial hub. There's, you know, all, Truist is down there. There's all kinds of headquartered Isn't banks. Bank of, Bank of America's out of Charlotte? Bank of America's in Charlotte. You know, BB&T pa- used to be in Charlotte, but now they're Truist and they merge. So, pa- yeah, part I mean, of this is because their taxes are so lax businesses sure. want to go there sure people want to go there the cost of living is low you're not going to tax me a ton all right i'll go live there instead of new york state where they're taxing me at the highest rate in the entire nation but now because of that you have fewer tax dollars at your disposal when it comes to things like this yeah. where you say hey listen we might legitimately might not have the money and how are if you're a politician who's trying to get reelected? How do you sell this to your base? You go, hey, guys, we're going to need factor in inflation and everything else. Even if they wanted to build up, because the bills have said it's going to be a small stadium with modern touches, right? Yeah. They're not looking to build a SoFi stadium. They're looking to build something scaled for the region. Well, it, right, because you still have to build for your population base. Yes. You can't build a stadium that's not going to support the, the percentage of people that yes. are potentially going to come, right? So even if you tried to replicate that in Carolina and you account for inflation, you're still knocking on the door of about, what, like $1.7, $1.8 yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and, th- and that's New York money in, you know, the next five years that they're going to be building the stadium. So yes. if, you, if you break ground... You know, if you figure this is, you know, you're a couple years away in Carolina, you know, I mean, look what inflation's done to, to costs. I mean, it's, yeah. And so this is it. So you might be talking about closer to $2 billion for a stadium. So think about what the state's burden is going to be on that. How do you as a sitting politician sell that to your constituency? We're going to cut health care, yeah. but we're going to keep the football team. We're not in that situation right. because because we are this taxation juggernaut. But the interesting thing is that Tepper has essentially the same type of he has the same type of sway that the Pagulas had in that he can go to the fan base and go, "What are you going to do? You yeah. going to go watch the Charlotte Hornets play basketball? <laughs> you going to go watch the Carolina Hurricanes play hockey?" Have fun with that. Go watch Duke play football if you want to. But you're not going to have an NFL football team because what are you going to do? Drive up and watch the Washington Command Skins play football? You're going to drive down and watch the Atlanta Falcons? Like, he's got that region over a barrel in that if they leave, what what do NFL fans in that area have to do? 100%. So essentially, Chris, if I'm painting a picture for you, there's a real chance that over the next five years, we're going to watch a collision course take place between an owner whose words and actions indicate that he's not fucking around and he has no problem pulling the plug on things, negotiating with a group of politicians with really shallow pockets. Like, that is disaster written all over it. Thank God we, as Buffalo Bills fans, didn't have to endure that. I mean, I'm not thrilled that we're the, the heaviest tax burden in the entire state, but... I mean, how many how many politicians would we have to throw out airplanes to fix that? I do enjoy going to watch <laughs> NFL football games, though. So I do enjoy yes. going to watch Bills games, and I, you know, for if if my tax dollars are going to be used in frivolous ways, it better benefit. I, I'd rather at least them be used in frivolous ways that I get to enjoy. So, with talk about disasters, we pivot to the Tennessee Titans. 
And this one's kind of shit. That was a bombshell when it came out. I mean, it's wild. Holy shit. Chris, do you know anything about this? No, I don't. Okay. All I know is that Nashville is like one of the fastest growing cities. It's one of the fastest growing cities. So this makes what's going on there right now an embarrassment for that city. The Titans might be in the second worst situation of any team in the NFL. Definitely worse than the next one we're going to talk about. But as it relates to stadium, none of the rhetoric or the fault here can actually be levied towards the team. The team did nothing wrong. Nissan Stadium got built in 1999, which, relatively speaking, is it's new, right? You think about, like we said earlier, Rich Stadium was built in the 70s, and we were just now. We're still sitting in the bones of Rich Stadium. Like, I'll call it Ralph Wilson Stadium until it's demolished, and maybe even I'll refer to it thereafter, but... It's inexcusable. I'm, s- I'm sending Chris. I'm sending Chris a tweet on right now, so he can yeah. look and be caught up on this story, like in one tweet. Yeah, just to just so you, just so catch him up real quick. Yeah, Chris, because you- it's it's worth the shock of seeing it before you start talking about it. Oh, I've seen these photos. Yeah. Okay. So, Chris, what you're looking at is for, for the listeners, photos of the expansion joints and the stairs are literally falling apart. <laughs> This stadium that was owned by the county and state, much like our our stadium here in Buffalo is, is in such a state of disrepair that, Chris, what does that tweet say? Uh, Remember these pics from inside Nissan Stadium? Titans say it'll cost $1.8 billion to renovate the stadium up to standard through the city's lease in 2039. Metro Council is now considering paying for its own study to dig into the lease and stadium condition. That was more th- on that was Fox three days ago. Nashville. It was so that was that, that's a new development of that. Is that yeah. the Metro's Council is now saying we can't trust what the Tennessee Titans are yes. telling us about this stadium. So and we're going to pay taxpayer money for our own person to come in and take a look at it. And this is what I want to hit on. So. Crumbling concrete facades all around the stadium, expansion joints, and the stairs themselves are falling apart. The stadium's water filtration system is close to needing a complete overhaul and replacement. This isn't a bunch of fat cats that are trying to pack in a few steakhouses and modern amenities into a stadium because they're grumpy. This isn't chipped paint. This whole thing is coming down, and the team goes, guys... This is your fucking job. You had one job here, which is to maintain the stadium, and you haven't paid to have it done. So it's falling apart like anything else you neglect. It's bordering on becoming a legitimate legal liability. And Chris, you're reading through the comments. Do the comments under that sound fairly similar to the comments we saw in Buffalo about the cost of a new stadium? (laughs) Well, I like this one from Travis London. If the Titans want a new stadium, they can pay for it. They bring in almost four hundred million a year. Surely they can pay for their own without Nashvillians subsidizing. Now it. take out Titans, put in Bills. Yeah. Take out Nashvillians and put in Buffalonians. That's it, exactly. It's it. a copy and paste tweet that happens every time a city talks about a new stadium. So the team used Acom, the same company that the Buffalo Bills used to do their economic impact study. Who, by the way, that's what they do. Yes, like, they've what done. They do. Al- they've done almost every major stadium that's been built in North America because they, they've they're done considered that. the best, yes. the most accurate, the most reliable. Both teams and state governments rely on them. Yeah, because when it comes to billionaires, the one thing they will not skimp on is 
bringing somebody in to, to prove their point, prove that they need to spend <laughs> a shit ton of money on their new toy, like a character witness. You're like, listen, I'm not going to scrimp on this. Yeah. If I need, if I need a character witness or I need a subject matter expert, I'm, I'm not hiring a slouch. I'm right. getting the best. <laughs> so the team used the same group that the Buffalo Bills used to make their point to New York State to do this economic feasibility study, and they determined that remodeling it would cost 900 million just to get it up to code. And then another nine hundred million over the life of their what? What do they have? Uh, Seventeen more years. So one point eight billion to renovate the stadium. How does this thing fall apart this quickly? Do we remember the total bill for the Bills' new stadium? Eight hundred and fifty million to the state. So well, how about for the whole stadium? No, but that's it. It's one point four bill. Yeah, for for a brand new stadium. For a brand new stadium. So right now it's being floated as a two soft soft estimates are a 2.2 billion dollar price tag for a new stadium in the nashville area the problem that they have is that unlike here in buffalo where it was made clear when the pagulas got here we need a new stadium so let's open up some lines of communication with the local government the state government let's start let's all get on the same page as to what we want and what we're going to need and the time frame that we are going to need it in this has come out of left field and caught both the state and the Titans by surprise. This thing has, it's, it's divisive between the two of them. And the fact that the state is requesting its own study, basically saying, we don't trust you. Yeah. We don't, you brought in the experts in this field and we don't trust you. We're going to get our own people. That doesn't bode well. No, it doesn't bode well for <laughs> future negotiations no. because what's going to happen is the Akon came back at 1.8 billion. The, Estimator for the metro is going to come back at one point six billion, and they're going to the haggle. next. The two of them are going to have a pissing contest over who's is right, what needs to get done, and how much it's going to cost. If you think that's bad, the state is already requesting. They're paying again mm-hmm. taxpayer dollars a re-review of the entirety of the lease yeah. between the Titans and them to figure out if a lot of these things that aren't up to code and are falling apart. Were, Let's see if we can dig into the legal language and see if we can find any loopholes to try to wriggle out of what our obligations are. Chris, that's not a good fucking relationship, is it? That'd be like dating a girl who's constantly trying to find ways to dump you. Yeah, or getting married to that person. <laughs> getting married to that person and then finding out on, New, on uh, what was it, New Year's Day? Yeah, thereabouts. Ah, ah, yeah, yeah, it's, it's getting married to somebody and having them consistently drop what if scenarios to find out what they can get away with before you get upset with them. It, th- yeah. This is literally like old school because if I was a little bit drunker, I'd just go off on a tangent and was like, "Love, I think what I, I think what he's trying to say here is love is blind." <laughs> Chris is going to start yelling about it. He's like, "Yeah," and then you wake up and your ex is passed out on the couch and you pick up her phone and you start looking at it and you start going through her Facebook messenger we're and next gonna, thing you're going to look over. Chris has no shirt on. He's just yeah. screaming into the ether. <laughs> Chris, I love you. Yeah. I love you, brother. But so this negotiation not only is going to get more expensive the more time it takes, but it doesn't sound like these two are on the same page at all. Yeah, and if they're not on the same page now, it's It's only going to get worse. Not good for negotiations going on. And so what's going to happen is they're going to drag their feet. They're going to drag this out. If it's already at 2.2, how much higher can that get? Uh, Yeah, I mean, the the highest, you know, the bill sold for for what? Two billion? Two billion, yeah. Two billion. And was it? Six years later, yeah, you've, the got the, you've got the Broncos going for 4.6, and the command the command skins are, you know, valued at somewhere over seven. So, I mean, what can, what can what can cost of an NFL franchise stadium 
be? I mean, it could, it could increase. So by the time these guys are done haggling and actually get on the same page and do something productive, this cost could balloon out of control. And the, the Travis Londons of the world who are in on Twitter whining about, wow, 400 million, but just the, buckle up. The tra- well, the Travis Londons of the world are also going to be the ones that are going to be front row center with their shirts off, you know, eight <laughs> yes. to 18 beers when deep when the kickoff, done, when kickoffs happen, when it gets done, they'll be there regardless. I'll never go to another game again. Yes, you will. Yeah. You'll be back. Yeah, you will. But either way, this is just going to end up costing them, whereas the Buffalo Bills and their organization and the way they went about negotiating this, it was seamless. Well, by comparison, at least. Yeah. You just mentioned the Washington Reds football command. The Redskins. Command skins. Whatever the hell they're supposed (laughs) to be called. Washington Redskins. Ah, See, this is I've been looking forward to punching down all day on this topic. My favorite team can, in the can, NFL. Can you, can you punch down on a guy who's in the south of France in June? Yes, that's what's hilarious about this. They're I don't like, know. Something tells me Dan Snyder on his super yacht in the south of France in the end of June doesn't really care what Drew Gear is. Well, to say. he's Dan Snyder <laughs> is one of the human beings. Like, there's a list of people. You know, we joke about like if I win the Powerball, I would do X. Yeah. If I won the Powerball. No, I'm not as wealthy as Dan Snyder, but Dan Snyder, know this. If you're listening out there, you're not. You're in the south of France, baby. I'm going to be a problem. But I, I'm going to be I'll a problem. I'll have enough money to get in the same room with I will, you. I will, I will be a problem <laughs> for you. I'm going to be a problem. I'm going to have a super yacht, but I can pull up on a relatively large dinghy yes. to make your life a problem. It's not going to go well for you. He's my he and this football team are maybe my favorite. Just all professional and non-professional sports teams to just to give the old triumph the comic insult dog treatment to, like just to show up and talk shit. Dan Snyder is quote unquote suspended from day to day operations, according to Roger Goodell, but not according to the Washington Times, who can prove he's been in the building this entire time that he's quote unquote he's he's suspended. We took a hardline stance well, with this guy. I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah, Roger, Roger Goodell works for Dan Snyder, so he claims that he's a stand-up businessman and that he's an uh, I'm an American and I respect all this stuff, blah blah blah. But he's too busy to attend the congressional hearings that he's been staunchly requested to attend, with a focus on accusations that he's been running a creep and sexual harassers paradise down there for a while, because he's in the south of France on a boat playing rich guy in con. All right. I don't know. He, he's an NFL owner in good standing, and everyone has his back. Even if news keeps leaking that there's NFL owners who are counting the votes and weighing their options and starting to view removal of him from the NFL as a viable thing, it's hard to know what Dan Snyder is anymore. Because it, there's what's said and then what I see, and they don't seem to line up, do they? It's, Dan Snyder is really interesting to me, right? Because I'm I'm fascinated by the world of professional sports owners because it's just it's it is it's the ultimate toy, and no these guys don't want to be told what to do with their toys, no, right? and they don't like the idea of anyone telling them how to run their business, whether it's being run correctly or not. And we can argue that the Washington Command Skins have not been run well for three decades. Arguably, yeah. arguably, right? I don't think it's arguable. At, at, at least, in, at least, at least for as long as Dan Snyder's owned the team. Yes, that's, it has yeah. not been run like a professional organization. It's been run like a at first a fantasy football team mm-hmm. when he signed Albert Hainsworth to the largest contract ever given to a defensive player, all the way to now where it's become, to your point, a 
den for sexual predators for lack of any type of a better phrase <laughs> it reminds it. well it reminds me chris of that episode of the office where they were talking about dunder mifflin infinity and how it has the chat room feature yeah and then they're just like and did the police and they go yes uh, the police believe they have it resolved. They were like, yeah, our website got infiltrated by sexual predators. Yeah. Like, I don't even know why a virtual paper store needs a chat room. Yeah, it's a chat function. And, and they're just like, oh, yeah, one second you're shopping for paper. Next time, next thing you know, you're being asked boxers or briefs. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's what working for the for the Redskins must feel like for some of their employees where it's like, I show up to work and we're a professional football team and I'm happy to be here. Also, what the hell is going on around yeah. me? Like, this is nonsense. And Dan, Daniel Snyder is basically... Like, I'm not answering any of your questions because I don't have to and you can't yeah, make me. Yeah, because you can't make me. So it's hard to pin down exactly. And oh, by the way, Raj, I'm paying you $34 million a year. Why don't you go take a beating from Congress tomorrow yes. for me? Put on your nice suit and go take it up the ass from Congress for me. Uh, I'm going to be in the south of France on my yacht. Get kicked in the face while I'm out here partying. Send me a text and let me know how it went. Meanwhile, so, so other than being the owner of one of the most punchable faces in America, Dan Snyder is a detriment to the Washington franchise. And let me explain how and why. First of all, Bills fans were really pissed off about the Pagula's news of the stadium locations, the cost, the public funding. Brett Coleman, who's a friend of the show, who we talk about, Chris, we talk about him all the time. Yeah. We talk to him pretty often. Uh, he has no skin in the game on this topic, but he DM'd me one afternoon irate over the idea that the Pagulas were going to rake their fans over for PSLs. He was like, that's crazy to me that these rich people are doing this to you guys. And I'm like, well, I, I get it. Sure. I, I, also, I'm part of the group who's like, listen, yelling into a hurricane doesn't matter. So I'm just going to you just take it. It's liar, liar I, when they scratch your car. And I really want to go watch football games. <laughs> when you scratch your car, when they scratch your car coming out of the, the, the lockup in liar, liar. And he goes, well, yeah, well what are you going to do about it? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I am going to bend over and take up the tailpipe. Yep. And the guy just goes, yeah, because you've been here before. I have been here and I've watched the NFL operate. So I know that my whinging is, doesn't matter. Right? So I, it's much more vitriolic here locally. Like complete strangers have skin in the game for some reason on this. What, I would encourage those people who were mad at the Pagulas to take a look at what's happening with the Washington football team. FedEx Field is a dump. It is. It's yeah. a disaster. When the Bills started their pursuit of a new stadium, there was things that we thought were wrong. Things that we didn't like, things that needed to be better, not enough bathrooms, the concourses had no character at all. There's no Chris, you could have put any sport on the football field, and if you were in the Bills concourse, you wouldn't know where you were, would you? No. It's just gray concrete for miles. Almost yeah. no team branding in there. Yeah. Like, that's that, that's criminal. Like, th this is viewed as one of the best atmospheres, like, atmospheres yeah. in football, and you've given it nothing. Even things like guest services. Yeah. There's a lot of people who probably could use a little bit of help, whether you're handicapped, whether you have children who are differently abled. There's like three guest services kiosks in the entire stadium. Yeah. That's not acceptable. And that, and that was one of the points that I tried to make when they came out with all this stadium stuff and you know people were worried about being priced out and yada yada and, and my you know my point was mm -hmm. that my game day experience is impacted because of the how shitty the stadium is and, and the fact that again structural like said, findings remember yeah. when they came out with the thing and they were like hey by the way that uh, that upper deck probably should have been torn down like three years ago yeah <laughs> and if, just an fyi and and if we need to get a new stadium so that i can go in and feel like i'm at a professional football game before i even get to my seat then so be it 
And what's hilarious is that even knowing how bad things are here, FedEx Field, where the Redskins play, or do Command Skins, I, I think I'm taking that up, Command Skins. Command Skins is pretty I like the way that yeah. rolls off the tongue. The Command Skins, it's worlds farther down the road towards becoming the set of Sanford and Son than anything we're dealing with here. Uh, what is it? They, they lead the NFL in obstructed view seating. Mm-hmm. Because he refuses, like, like in the Meadowlands, they had obstructed seating and they changed the design of the seats because they were like, we're just not going to sell those. Yeah. We're not going to pay, make someone pay to show up on game day and realize they're behind a pillar. Like, we're not going to do that to people. Yeah. Dan Slender don't care. I mean, FedEx Field, <laughs> I mean, it legitimately looks like a create a stadium in Madden. Yes. The way it was built. It's crap. Yeah. And so they lead that uh, from a, this, this from an article, okay? 2020, NBC Sports ranked FedEx Field dead last in terms of NFL stadiums. That's according to fans. That's just a fan, just, hey, submit your rankings of stadiums. They got shit all over. The poor turf has caused a ridiculous number of ACL tears. Joe Burrow, RG3, Adrian Peterson, their their own phenom rookie pass rusher, Chase Young. That's just a few of the players who have gotten hurt there because the conditions of their turf were so bad. The infrastructure is literally failing them. Uh, it's September 2021, drainage pipe, quote unquote, because people who got dumped on with water were calling it sewage, explodes above the fans' heads oh, and covers everybody in foul-smelling water during their home opener, which they lost, <laughs> which they lost to the Chargers. Yeah. Then it happened again in November when they played the Seahawks, despite the team saying that they fixed it. January 2nd, 2022, a railing separating fan seating from the tunnel where the players walk off the stadium collapses. I remember that. Jalen Hurst is almost avalanched on top of by fans who are just trying to wave at him. Like, yep. And he took to the media and just blasted the, the Redskins and their the, the command skins and their owner. And just how does this happen? Yeah. What, what kind of horse shit is this? Because security kept yelling at them to get off the field. Well... <laughs> But uh, he, a railing broke. After the railing broke, yes. they were telling people to get off the field. <laughs> but the whole idea is that should never happen. Yeah. Why, they're like, why did the railing break? We don't know. It's cheap. It was cheaply made and kind of just shittily welded together. All this despite the fact that it was built in 1997. Our stadium was built in 1973, and we don't have any of these problems. Further proof that Dan Snyder is the reverse King Midas. Everything he touches turns to shit. Nobody has anything good to say about the place. Our Preston uh, Preston Smith. Yeah. His friends. Preston, if you're out there, Nags, you, your buddy who gave me the Zanny and just made me my own. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a hilarious story. He he literally, I was Kaiser Sozade. It, it turns out I was the bad guy the whole time and just didn't realize it. And his friend helped facilitate that. It's one of the it's one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me at a Bills game. But I accused a lot of people of a lot of things. Turns out it was me. So they come up to tailgate and go to Bills games rather than pay to go to FedEx Field because A, the atmosphere is shit, the food is garbage, the stadium sucks, and they can't bear the thought of putting another dollar in that guy's pocket. Yep. Well, now the team has a problem because their owner is an ass and it's become fashionable to hate this guy. So in almost every walk of life, money talks, bullshit walks, rich people get what they want. 
as, as, as the resident rich guy in the room, can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, eventually, yeah, you, you eventually get what you want because it's that or I'm going to take my money elsewhere. And nobody wants you to take your money elsewhere. Exactly. Things aren't different in this type of negotiations. But what's hilarious is that in getting a bills done, it was a positive thing that they had built so many inroads with the local government and made themselves uh, – I don't know what you want to call it. They'd endeared themselves to yeah, the public, yeah. to the local government, to everybody involved looked at the Pagulas and said, these are relatively good people. Yeah, they did a good job of entrenching themselves in the local local government. It also doesn't hurt that while locally people might shill over the Pagulas when they're frustrated like the hockey team situation, sure, which, hey, sure. I understand. If you're a hockey fan, you do not like what the Pagulas have done here. Chris, can you speak to some of that? Yeah, I'm, I've am i been back this year will be 10 years. Haven't been to a home playoff game yet because we haven't been in the playoffs. Okay. so Not even a home playoff game, just a playoff game. Yeah. So you're not you, a huge you fan. You watched a playoff game. <laughs> so yeah. you're not a huge fan of what they did on that side of the fence, but it's not one of the first five to ten things people bitch about when you mention the Buffalo Bills is their owner. Meanwhile, when you look at these these guys in Washington, the largest the NFL's largest beer sponsor, Anheuser Busch, and Bud Light as a brand have pulled their their sponsorship of that franchise over these congressional allegations that Snyder refuses to go answer for, like a petulant child. Yeah, it's costing their franchise millions of dollars. Uh, the World Cup, an event that, like Chris, we talked about it. This new stadium, our proximity to Canada, with a new stadium, the Bills could conceivably be in the running for a World Cup game, which... As long as they build that stadium with with that in mind, right? Yes. I told Ryan about that. <laughs> I told Ryan about that earlier today, what I texted Plug you. It. I was I was uh, editing after the snap with Blake and Reed, and, you know, they're, they're huge World Cup guys, and they were talking about the cities that got announced for the World Cup, and apparently L.A., is going to be a host city, but Stan Kroenke, when building SoFi out, did not account for potentially hosting soccer games, and the stadium isn't wide enough to host. Now they got to take away some sideline seating so they can fit a soccer field. Doesn't he own a soccer team? Yeah, he owns Arsenal. <laughs> for, mo- for more on that story, make sure to tune in to After the Snap with yeah. Reed Ferguson and Blake Ferguson on anywhere you can get your podcast. Look at this. You two running promos. <laughs> I fucking love this. So here you've got this guy, right? The World Cup snubs him. The, uh, the Anheuser-Busch goes, fuck this guy. We don't want anything to do with him. Yeah, I mean, and, and thinking about just, just the World Cup piece, the fact that you're not going to have a World Cup game in your nation's capital. Yes! Because of how big of an asshole this guy is. The capital itself has said, we don't want you. The state of Maryland does not want the Washington football team within its boundaries anymore. They D.C. already said, you're not welcome here. So the whole plan was to move to Virginia. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin tables a bill, puts this thing together to secure the public financing, to get all this stuff together. He gets everyone all whipped up about how we're going to get commander's football here and it's going to be great. The man who is personally responsible for bringing that bill about literally abandoned support for his own handiwork <laughs> just this past week amidst other state politicians coming out in droves to just talk shit about the, the, the situation. Uh, their state senator, well, first of all, Stephen Newman. This might be the, the mild one. He says, the question that still remains is whether or not there's any political will to move forward this year, given some of the difficulties surrounding the owner. I've heard from a number of fellow senators who are concerned. So obviously, Dan Snyder matters Mm. in this process. But here's my favorite. 
Chap Peterson. Your name's Chap. I love that. I love that. That's such a Southern thing. He previously supported the Endeavor, claimed he could no longer support it, and when asked how things negotiations were going, he said, it's like when a team lines up for a Hail Mary at its own 40. That's where negotiations were. This is a direct quote from him. More importantly, I don't have confidence in the Washington Commanders as a viable NFL franchise. Damn! Now, let me... Now, now well, hang on. Yeah. You didn't hear any of this rhetoric being thrown around about the Pagulas no. or the Buffalo Bills during our stadium negotiation process because the Pagulas did a great job of branding themselves as decent human beings. These are good people. You know, you, you might not like what they're asking you for, but by and large, they carry a reputation of doing, treating people well, doing the right things, being good members of the community. I mean, whether they're, whether they're good or not, they do a very good job of understanding that perception matters. Right, and you, you don't hear you don't, any backlash. You don't necessarily get to be a billionaire by yes, being, by being a nice person, right? But but the thing is, you didn't hear any of the, any derision towards the Pagulas until the ink was dry on right. the contracts, and that's when people went, "Whoa, you're giving them white rich people getting money." Ah, trust me, I'm there with you. Oh God, do you do you want to? I mean, it, if it's a fun exercise, try to imagine what Dan Snyder must have. And the other owners in the NFL. Well, no, I say that all the time. He must have some real dirt. It's it's got to be. It's Poor Jerry because, Jones just likes having him around because he's like, as long as that, it's like the being faster than the bear. He's like, well, no matter how much I suck, I will always support Dan Slater being here because if there's someone who's slower than the bear, it's that guy. Plus, my team kicks his. It's almost ass. the adverse because I think a lot of these owners are looking at it, going, "Well, if we take the steps to get rid of Snyder, who's next?" Right? This is fair because we're opening up that can of worms because they got rid of what was his it name? What was pr- his name in Carolina? Uh, Jerry. Uh, well, and this is but so, he was already planning on selling the team. In Jerry the Richardson. Richardson. So I have a conspiracy theory about this, which I'm I'm happy to offer up here. I have a feeling something bad's going to happen to Dan Snyder from all this. The reason being is because the NFL with the Watson thing that we talked about earlier. One of the it's already been leaked that the, one of the key defenses they're going to lobby for in his on his behalf is that you can't suspend him worse than anything you've done to any of your owners who have been accused of similar things. Well, you have an owner that sold his team in disgrace, and you have a golden opportunity here to make an example out of another owner who's in a similar boat, so that when that lawsuit inevitably gets launched by Watson's party, you can point to Dan Snyder and say, "Listen, we pilloried this guy." We are not afraid to do it to your guy, and we think we have legal standing to do so. Well, now, the other, I think the other thing you have to be concerned with is with these congressional hearings and that they're starting to look into not only the commanders, but they're starting to look into the NFL. Well, and they're going, if you're allowing this to continue, what else are you allowing and to continue? And that's it. So you've got to do something. And that's, I guess, the point is that when the Buffalo Bills started down this road, right, like you didn't hear any of this. No one was publicly calling our franchise a lemon with a boob driving, right, <laughs> driving, right. the, driving the train. It's a terrible place to be, and you can see the domino effect. Politicians are octopuses. They'll change their color, shape, size, whatever it takes in order to maintain power and authority. They've got – when you've got a business looking for a public-private partnership, and at the same time, that business, it's now popular to hate them. Like, think about it. You're hemorrhaging meaningful investment partners – you could struggle to land marquee events because of your personal reputation, and also – other branches of the government are actively investigating you for potential crimes. Guess what? No, It's actually in everyone's best interest that we publicly announce we're not doing business with you. You don't get what you want as a team, a fan base. You don't get it simply because you're Dan Snyder. So 
Chris, how shitty is it for them that they as fans don't get something like a new stadium? Not because it's not economically viable, not because they don't have politicians who want to make it happen, but because their owner's such a piece of shit they can't get the deal done. Yeah, Snyder is a piece of shit. Uh, so the latest allegations on Dan Snyder, Ryan Lacell, do you know what outlet broke that story? It was the Post, wasn't it? Washington Post? And who owns the Washington Post? Bezos, who wants desperately to own a football team, and that has been one of the predominant rumors, and I'm, I'm loving that you're going down this rabbit hole, because I, mean, I am all here for it, because I personally was surprised to not hear Bezos' name thrown around in the bidding for the Broncos, but then when you think about it, and you go, well, he owns the Washington Post, they a lot of business a, in D.C. They broke a story on the Redskins' owner. And nothing like, you know, nothing like a punishment for Dan Snyder being a total piece of shit to walk away with $7 billion for your franchise. Well, that's because you're that's a piece hush of shit. Money. Here's $7 billion to go away. Because it's hush money. Well, it's, it's hey, your ego's It's partially bruised. hush money, but it's also partially because that's what the franchise is worth, despite what yes. you've done over the last two decades of owning but, but it. It's, Are we hey. getting into a conversation about wrestling now? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> no. What we're going to do is we're going to wrestle this into the show's conclusion because we're, we, I think we've made our point. There are franchises out there that are about to embark on the same journey the Buffalo Bills did probably, what, three years ago now in 2019. Yeah. And in that process, when you look around, you're going to say, listen, the Bills not only got out of it cheaper than a lot of these people are, but also they it's going to be a much, it was a much smoother process mm-hmm. without as much volatility. Yeah, I mean, because wait, wait until these parties, Nashville, wait until these parties start taking these things to the public. Right. We just saw that tweet from three days ago mm-hmm. where the Metro is going. We're not buying anything that the Titans are telling us. And here's the news story coming up on Channel five. Yes. at Six. I, Chris, don't you feel better now as the layperson who Ryan and I research these things because we're bored and we like money. Uh, what you're hearing all of this, listening to us talk about it. Don't, doesn't it make you feel better? Like almost like the Buffalo Bills got the better end of the stick than anybody else is going to here in the near future. Yeah, I don't. As a season ticket holder, I'm just like, get the deal done. I don't care how it gets done. I will offer, you know, my tax dollars up for the stadium because I'm already paying for season tickets to go to all of the games that I can go to. So as a lay fan, I just give me the deal done so I continue to go, can go to these games. Ryan, if you had any closing thoughts on this, what would they be? The thing that I would, I would tell fans who are upset about the, the dollar sign for the bills or the, the, the the price tag pay attention over the next few years as these other stadium deals get done and look at the percentage of public money in comparison to the total amount of the deal as opposed to just the raw numbers yes and that's where jason wolf did a, has done a great job with the mm-hmm. buffalo news in, in covering that i think it's 60 percent of the total stadium value mm-hmm. is coming from public money versus what we've seen with other stadiums and what you will see with other stadiums because billionaires do not stay billionaires by paying no, their own by spending their own it. money, Duh. and that's where PSLs come into play. That's where all this stuff comes into play. But the fact that the Bills are able to get a brand new stadium brokered and the cost was only sixty percent public money, I think I think that in and of itself was a win. It's going to become even more of a win as these other higher price deals start to come into fruition in the next five years. Greg Thompson of Cover One once said that Drew Gear is an, uh, with like Russian oligarch wealth would be one of the greatest reality TV shows of all time. If I was a multi-billionaire, first of all, a lot of you here in Western New York would be in a lot of trouble. I've got vendettas, and I would carry them out. I, I've, I've, I've actually made a 
public knowledge that I would hire the anti police force. Like I would have a number I yeah, could see, call. That, that would be I would the direction if I want I would shenanigans go. carried out in my in my name. I would have like a number I could call, and there's just a there's just like a firehouse full of guys waiting to carry out my will. Yeah, see, I, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't peg you as a great reality show. I would peg you as a legitimate supervillain, <laughs> but so, but also like an anti hero. Yes, it's like sometimes it's like the dance liners of the world they need to be dealt with, and I'm gonna I'm gonna con, I'm gonna put a portion of my money aside to to dealing with that just because you you tiptoe the line between Batman and Joker like all at once. Yeah, kind of. I guess if I had to close on this, it's just that less than 1% of the New York State budget I, carried out in a transparent manner. You didn't get you didn't get into the weeds. It was a clear and concise project that went from start to finish without getting into the rocks. There was no arm wrestling, but to, or at least that made it to the public. All of this was a smooth process that left us with a football team we can all be proud of and owners that we can be proud of. I don't know how it gets better than that for any of these other football teams out there who are currently engaging in these negotiations. For everyone except for the Washington Command Skins, I raise a glass and I wish them well. Guys, can we toast to everyone else here? Ryan, cheers. Cheers. And guys, it's with that that I say we got to get the hell out of here. Thank you for showing up for another one of these shows. We've got plenty more coming down the pipe between us and Ryan and Chris because we've got PSL and ticket prices that are going to start coming out with real tangible numbers. Uh, formal designs and seating charts and just infrastructure ideas and just different stuff that's going to come out that we're going to get together and be talking about over the course of the next couple months, the next year. But for tonight, I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Ryan Lasel, And this has been your Rock Pile Report.